Happy Sabbath, everyone. Man, there are more people here today than there has been in the last couple weeks. And I got to tell you, that makes my heart happy. It's good to see you guys. Go ahead and find someone across the room that you haven't said hi to yet and wave at them. Say hello. I want to give a special welcome to everyone who's here today, but not only uh, people that we see every week, but also our visitors. We want to say welcome. We are glad that you're here. To those of you that are joining us online, we would like to say welcome to you as well. We are sad that we cannot see you in person, but we hope that we can do so very soon. A couple announcements for you guys today. Um, today we will be having children's story. Woo! Very excited about that. So Miss Keeney is here to pull some stuff out of her mom bag. So kids, we will be having children's stories, so make sure you're listening for that. Um, another thing that we will be having today, it, it is mosaic today. Now, I know we talk about mosaic, but I've also had several people come up to me and be like, so I don't really understand what mosaic is. So I want to tell you, if you haven't heard or understand what mosaic is, mosaic is a... It is a community of people. But more than that, today specifically, we will be having a time where we can worship and praise God together. Now, this is a service that is run by people in their 20s. Our young people run this, but it is for multi-generations. And so it's for everyone. So if you're interested in coming, you're curious, or you would just like to praise God a little more today, I invite you to come to Mosaic. It'll be today at 4.30, just down in the community hall, where you're going to be talking about an exciting topic. Um, I'm excited to share what I've learned on it and where we will be going with that. So, Mosaic at 4.30, children's story today, and then next Friday, we will be having communion so next Friday night, we will be having communion at 7. So 7 o'clock here at the church, we will be having communion with you guys. That's all the announcements I have for you guys today. Once again, welcome, happy Sabbath, and we're glad that you are here. At this time, we are going to move into our children's story that I just mentioned. So kiddos, you're up. All right, kiddos, come on up here. I know we had some in Sabbath school, so I know you're out there. And I got the mom bag, and it's pretty full today. All right, so we're going to talk today. Uh, we talked a little bit about it in Sabbath school today. It starts with the letter P. Does anybody remember? We talked about praise. We talked about prayer, but it's a different P. Ooh, McKenna nailed it. We talked about patience. And you know what? I'm going to tell you a story about one time when I had to have patience. Patience is the ability to wait for something with a smile. Ooh. Sometimes we're forced to wait for something. But Jesus wants us to wait for it with a smile. And one time, how many of you go to school? 
either at home, yeah, most of you go to school. Well, you know what? After I was all done with school, I graduated from college, and it was time to get a job. And I was pretty excited. I was going to go get my first job. And so I got in the paper, and I looked, and I looked at all the hospitals, and I said, okay, where can I get a job? Where can I go to work? Who's going to hire me? And so I filled out some applications, and then I was praying. And I said, God, please get me a job. And I even went on an interview, and I had an interview, and I said, God, I, I really want a job. Please give me a job. And you know what? Nothing happened. I didn't get a job. And so I waited a week, and then I kept waiting. I kept applying for more jobs, and then I waited a month. And then pretty soon, it was Christmas, and then there was snow on the ground, and it was winter. I had to wait a whole year. Do you think I kept a smile on my face the whole time? I just was saying, God, why don't I have a job? And God was testing me, and God wanted me to be patient. And you know some of those jobs I applied for? Uh, you know, I thought they were going to be good. And my interview I went on, I thought it was going to be a good job. But you know what? When I went to do the interview, it kind of was a stinky place. And I thought, looking back, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's a good thing I didn't get that job. But you know what? I was praying, and McKenna in Sabbath school, are you guys listening, adults? She made a profound statement. Do you remember what it was, McKenna? Do you think you could say it again? Okay, I'm going to have McKenna say it again. God doesn't always give you what you ask. He gives you what you need. The, McKenna, how old are you? Nine. I wish I learned that when I was nine. So I'm glad that, that God told me, Keeney, I want you to be patient. I want you to wait because the perfect job is out there, but you have to wait for it. And so now today in my mom bag, we're going to practice patience today. So everybody has gets a bag, but there's a catch. Don't open it. I'm going to give everybody a bag. And this is the thing. You, it's stapled shut. So you can't, I don't want you peeking in it. Don't look in it. We're going to practice patience because sometimes God has us wait because there's something better he wants to give us. So this is the deal. If you can practice patience today and you can bring me your bag and you show me your bag and you can show me, guess what? Teacher Keeney, I don't open it. Don't open it. No, no. We don't want to open it. If you can bring this bag to me and it's not open after church, I'm going to give you something better a bigger bag. All right? So you have to hold this bag during church. You can't open it. If you open it, you don't get the bigger bag. You guys think you can do that? But I also have something for you. I'm, I'm not totally mean. I have a puzzle. There's an easy puzzle, 
a medium puzzle and a hard puzzle. I thought, I'm going to give you something to distract you so you're not just staring at that bag during church. And you actually, a puzzle, you need patience to do a puzzle because it just doesn't come all put together. You have to be patient and work and get your puzzle together. All right, so after church, you bring me your bag that's still stapled shut and you get what's in that bag and then see all those bags down there? You get the better bag to go with it for being patient. All right, don't forget to get your puzzle before you go back to your chair. Thank you, boys and girls. They are so precious in his sight, are they not? Okay, we come before our Father in heaven. If you prefer to stand, sit, or kneel before him, that's up to you. Lord God Almighty, what a week. Father, here we are before you. And by your spirit, we lay down our cares, what has been a burden to us, what has been holding us back from going forth in your name, we are called by your name. And therefore, if we are called by your name, then we are called to finish the Great Commission. It is still before us. No matter what's going on in the world, the world is aching still to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So please strengthen us. Please renew our hope. Renew our steadfast spirit within us. Give us an extra measure of your spirit so you may be strengthened. Lord, we praise your holy name. The world may be selling it, making it seem like it's obsolete, but it's not. You're still here, you're still working, and we are the body of Christ. So in the members, 
are um, a little afflicted right now, Lord. And we ask that they be healed in your mighty name. May we love like Jesus to all those we encounter. We know that love does not diminish the integrity of, a, of another. So let us look on each other and those that we come across every day with love as Jesus loves them and wants to touch them and heal their hearts. So thank you. Thank you for this day of rest and reflection and be solely in your presence. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's continue praising our God, our King, this morning. Join us as we sing. Join us, stand, and, and uh, let's sing.
gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me I would rather be no place I would rather be no place I would rather be than here in your love here in your love no place I would rather be no place I would rather be no place I would rather be than here in your love here in your love set a fire down in my soul I want more of you, God. I want more. 
Good morning, church. <clears throat> I noticed at the end of the worship set, some of you wanted to applaud. So let's do it now. I think they did a fantastic job. And it's all right. It's all right to say, God, thank you for the gifts that you've given these people and for the fact that they would share those with us. <clears throat> Tomorrow... Nancy and I will be celebrating 34 years of marriage. Yeah. No, please, please. Don't stop. No, really. Uh, just kidding. Uh, it's pretty amazing, really. Um, 
Well, was, I don't want to know. I don't know what she said. <laughs> uh, if you, but if you want some comedy, you can sit next to Nancy. She will, she will have some good things to say. I called uh, to make a reservation this week at a hotel down at Hood River. That's one of our favorite places to go. And as soon as I called, the very first thing they said is, can you hold, please? And before I could say, no, not really, <laughs> that pff, I was on hold. Then obnoxious music comes on. You ever, what is the music that they choose for these things? I don't know. And so now I'm holding, and um, then I get this recording. Thank you for holding. A representative will be with you shortly. Uh, this call will be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. And the music comes back on. Then another recording. If you're calling for a reservation at our restaurant, please press 3. For our COVID restriction and travel guidance, press 4. For our rewards program, press 5. For an existing reservation, press 7. To make a new reservation, please stay on the line. A representative will be with you shortly. Five minutes later, I just like hung up. I was like, that's it. I can't do this anymore. And I just made the reservation online. Anybody like that? Like, just, you, you can only take so much of that. Confession for me right now. Patience. Patience is not one of my greatest strengths. Um, how many of you have that problem, problem with patience? Wow. Okay. Maybe we should have an altar call and call it a day. I'm just, <laughs> that would be great right there. Is it just me? Or do cars actually slow down? as I'm waiting to pull out onto the road from a parking lot. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're waiting and this car is coming by and they just kind of slow down. Just right before you have to get out. Have you ever experienced this before? It's probably just in my head. I know. Some time ago, I was, uh, I was on the road and this little elderly lady has a traffic light. The light turned green. She looked both ways and then couldn't go. And I realized that her car had stalled. And all her frantic efforts to get the car started again kept failing. And so I, I decided, you know, I better do something. But as I'm getting out and getting, waving for help and pushing the car over to the side, there's this chorus of honking horns behind us that made the matter worse. And she's all like, I, I'm sorry. Like, it's not your fault. We're going to get this taken care of. And luckily, it's the days of cell phones, so we were able to call for help. Why are we such an impatient people? Have you noticed this? Well, quite honestly, we're born this way. When a baby wakes up in the middle of the night and is hungry, or its di diaper is wet, it doesn't lie there and say, you know what? I know mom and dad are tired. So I'll just wait for an opportune time to wake them up. No, they scream and they, and, and they, 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 they demand it now. And as they get older, it gets worse, doesn't it? You ever traveled with children? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Am I going to be six when we get there still? I mean, are we there yet? Over and over and over again. And as we get older, it gets worse. 
We have created a world of instant gratification. We don't just want internet. We want high-speed internet. Isn't that true? How many of you remember when you used to dial into an internet and it would go, and make all this crazy noise? You'd have to wait for it. But then you got on the internet, you know. Now you have high-speed internet. And if it's not fast, in fact, even the word Wi-Fi, now, with the exception of Bill Nichols, he's not allowed to answer this. Who knows what Wi-Fi means? Even the word, we have to, like, shorten it. Did you know that it actually meant something? Wi-Fi? Anybody? It's wireless fidelity. That's what Wi-Fi stands for. But we, we don't have time to say wireless fidelity, right? We have to say Wi-Fi. I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm too impatient for that. There is something about us and our, our desire to get things done fast. Even our entertainment must be on what? Demand. Isn't that true? You know, we have to record something so we can kind of fast forward through the, the commercials. We have Amazon Prime where you can do this for like, you know, you can order something and get it in two days. But now you can have Amazon Now where you can get it in two hours if you're willing to pay a little more. How expensive is your patience? We have instant coffee, instant pancakes, instant sauce. <laughs> instant gratification. We post something on social media and we check as soon as possible how many likes we have. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. I'm not the only one. I've read somewhere that the same chemical reaction that a brain has when it's addicted to tobacco, alcohol, or gambling is in play when we receive the instant gratification of a thumbs up on Facebook. So we get addicted to that. Hey, guess what? Look, I got 30 thumbs up. Oh, look at this. I got, I got 40 likes. And it, like, it happened right away. How cool is that, you know? And we get high off of it. We are being trained and we are being groomed into click and enjoy. There's an interesting study out there that says if you're going to watch a video online and if it takes Two seconds, two seconds for it to buffer, the host will lose 50% of its audience. If it takes 10 seconds, only 20% will stay to watch it. I mean, that is how impatient we are. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I wonder if this is the reason why when we say God, Please help me with this situation. And if God doesn't answer us within two seconds, we have a 10-second window. It's like, all right, forget it then. You're buffering way too long, God. I need an answer now. I had a friend, Jim. He's a great guy, but he was so impatient. He was like, man, I need, I need patience, and I need it now. You know, this, this is the kind of guy he was. Is our commitment to convenience, and our commitment to instant gratification, could it be robbing us of a deeper, richer Christian experience? Is that possible? 
See, I believe it is. In the uh, Bible, in the book of Lamentations, says, the Lord is good to who? To those who wait for him. To the one who looks for him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Why is it so hard for us to wait for God to do stuff in our lives? You know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I, as I get older, I've, I've realized that everything that matters takes time. Isn't that true? Developing a real deep friendship. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Developing a rocking, strong marriage. It doesn't happen over time. Anything worthwhile takes time. Becoming great at a skill takes time. Pursuing great love takes time, and it takes patience. I had to propose seven times to Nancy before she said yes. Perseverance, patience. That was the only thing I have ever been patient with, really. And she finally said yes 34 years ago. How cool is that? I read a story about how elephant, when they get pregnant, it takes two years for them to actually give birth to an elephant. Ladies, can you imagine being pregnant for two years? And elephants only give birth to one baby per pregnancy. A dog, on the other hand, is pregnant for only 63 days. And after two months, a mother can give birth to between five to eight puppies, maybe more sometimes. Imagine a dog having a conversation with the elephant. And the dog is sitting there going, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you're pregnant. I gave birth after two months. Something is wrong with you. Look, I got all these puppies here. The dog goes out, gets pregnant again, and gets pregnant again, and again, giving birth to every several months. Two years later, comes back to the elephant with 30 poppies following her, right? Some of them are actually bigger now. She says, you see, I know you were not pregnant now. Look, look, look how many puppies I have. And the elephant says, no, no, here's the difference. It's a true story. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what I am carrying is not something small or common or usual. I'm about to give birth to something big, to something extraordinary. And that takes time. And some of you, you may not know it, but you are about to give birth to something big and extraordinary and unusual and awesome 
and you are impatient and you're saying, why is it taking so long? It's taking so long because great things take time. Amen? I've got good news for you, great news actually. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he began to cultivate in your life, if you allow him to, the fruit of the Spirit, as we've been talking about for the past few weeks. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. This is the one that I really want to concentrate on today. Patience is one of those amazing features of that fruit. And the Apostle James, of all people, believe it or not, the Apostle James, in his letter, writes three powerful things about patience, which I want to look at today. Are you ready? Here's the first one. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmer who patiently waits for the rain in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. How many of you have been waiting for God to return, Jesus to return, and you're growing impatient? Yeah, It's okay. It's okay to admit it. This is why James is saying this. And he, what he's actually saying here is that patience, in fact, let me put this up, uh, is when, situ, when the situation and circumstances is out of our hands. We, it, it, the second coming really is out of our hands. I mean, we can certainly uh, pray about it. We can do our job in helping as many people as possible to know about Jesus. But at the end of the day, Jesus says the time and, and, and the day only the Father in heaven knows. In fact, when the disciples were like, well, when, can you, when, are they, when is he coming? When, when, is, when are you establishing the kingdom? It's like, it's not for you to know that. Just be patient. Do your work. But at the end of the day, it's really out of our hands. I love, uh, just to repeat what Charles Stanley said. I, I, I talked about this some months ago when he said, obey God and leave the consequences to him. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. And what James is saying is consider the farmer. The farmer has no control over the weather, and yet he trusts that God is going to send the rain. He trusts that the rain will come and the harvest will come, and ultimately the seed will grow. The word that is used for uh, wait here, by the way, it's an interesting word, it is a Greek word, and it's ektekomai. Go ahead, say that with me. No, just kidding. <laughs> ektekomai. And it basically means to look with anticipation and to wait expectantly. In other words, you know it's going to happen. But you're going to wait, I love the way Kenny put it this morning, with a smile. You're going to wait with a smile. God God was faithful in the past, is what he's saying. And he's going to be faithful again in the future. I cannot tell you how many times we've had conversations, Nancy and I, uh, during our lifetime as we've struggled 
uh, maybe financially, or as we struggled with a challenge at, a, at the church, or we struggled with something, and we've said, you know, boy, this is going to be bad. This is going to be tough. And, and inevitably, one of us will say, wait a minute, hold on. Has God ever let us down? Has God ever let us down? Has God ever let you down? No. I have let God down a few times. I will admit to that. But God has never let me down. We have never lacked the simple things in life that we need and more. And I am amazed how God has kept us all along. And we're, now we're, we're coming close to retirement age and we're wondering, how are we going to do retirement here? You know? I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm ever going to retire, quite honestly. <laughs> uh, part of it is because I love doing what I do and the other part is we need the money. <laughs> but who's going to hire? An old pastor, right? God has never let us down. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. Amen? James is reminding us that patience is the acknowledgement that we are not in control. That's what he is saying here. The second thing he says is in James uh, chapter 5, 9, and 10. I love this. Don't grumble about each other. I love this one. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door, and then he gives us an example I love this. He says, for example, for examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. What are you talking about? Uh, what James is saying is, come on. If anybody have a, had a right to grumble, if anybody had a right to, to say, oh my goodness, what is wrong with these people? It was the prophets. And yet they never grumbled. I mean, I'm always amazed at Moses, how he made it with, with, with the Israelites. Aren't you? They actually say, you know what? God, please don't do this. Blot me out of the book of life. Not them. I mean, like, I'm not sure I would do that for you guys. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure you believe. I don't know. I'm just being honest. Thank goodness I'm not Moses. I'm amazed at the character and, and, the, and, and, and the love that Moses had deep down inside. And this is true of all the prophets. I mean, and, and this is what James is saying is, look, you know what? This is, the, the, this is about patience with people that are not willing to listen and change. I need patience with things that I have no control over and I need patience with people that are not willing to listen or change. How about you? I mean, part of the problem is I could be wrong. 
Have you ever thought about that? When I look at the prophets of old, I have no right to complain. And the word here that he uses, by the way, which is a really interesting word, is makethomia. And makethomia is actually two words, long and heat. And it's almost as if James is saying, look, it, the prophets took a long time to get heated. It took a long time for them to get hot. It took a long time to get heated about people that were unwilling to change. They kept at it and at it and at it. Why? Because God had called them to do that. When it comes to people, James is saying, we must approach like a crockpot, not like a microwave. This is why, by the way, I, I, I am not a fan of traditional evangelistic series, you know, where you do 20, 25 sermons and then you baptize them. And that's like microwaving people. It takes time to build relationships, it takes time to make it stick, it takes time. For the past three plus decades, Nancy and I have had the privilege of working with many, many young people. And often, you know, they, they move on and we don't know what happens to them. I remember uh, some years ago when we were living in Pennsylvania, it was towards the end. We had been there for almost 15 years. I get a knock on my door. And our doorbell wasn't working. So I opened the door. The dog was barking. And I remember opening the door, and there's this young man. And I recognize his face, but I, quite honestly, I couldn't remember his name. And he said, hi, Pastor Sergio, do you remember me? And I'm like, I do. I remember who you are. I have to apologize. I don't remember your name. He goes, hi, my, uh, my name is Joey. I used to go here. I never graduated from here because I got kicked out. And I remember Joey. Joey was like a, the class clown. He was always messing around. Just always, and he was always getting in trouble. And one, one, one year, one day I should say, and it was my first year there actually, I get a call from the uh, boys dean who says, hey, it is a kid who is just, losing it. I mean, he just, he's so angry and he's so upset. And would you come and just talk with him? I didn't know that they were going to kick him out the next day. But I went and talked with him. And this was Joey. And I remember sitting with Joey. Quite honestly, I don't necessarily remember the conversation. But Joey reminded me of the conversation. Joey said, I don't know if you remember this, but you came and you sat there, and you listened, and listened, and listened. And then out of the blue, you said, what would happen if you were to die tonight? 
Would you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Joey, that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life? And I thought to myself, yeah, I guess I would ask something like that. And Joey said, I was stunned. Nobody had ever asked me that question. I wasn't expecting that question. And I said, no. And I said, well, would you pray with me right now? And would you accept Jesus in your heart? And I prayed with Joey that night. And he accepted Jesus Christ in his heart. He said, Pastor, what you don't know was that they were going to kick me out the next day and I was ready to commit suicide. God used you to save my life. Wow. This is like a decade later. I'm hearing about this. And I'm thinking, is that, wow. Really? You were going to kill yourself? He was a kid from Philadelphia, and he basically was told that, that he would amount to nothing and that he, he was just a clown and that's all he would ever be. And, and he, he just felt like, I don't belong here. This is ridiculous. Why, why am I being sent here? And he says, when you asked me about salvation, it just blew me away. And he says, I got to be honest with you. I didn't commit suicide, nor that I fully accept Christ that night. But I thought a lot about what you said when I went home. And I want you to know that I work for 3ABN now. And I'm an evangelist. And I, I, I owe it to that night. And thank you. And I've asked many people that same question since then. Wow. You know? Crockpot. Not microwave. The third one, the final one, I love this. James says, we give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. And he doesn't use the word patience here. He switches to the word endurance. Have you noticed that? And this is about... What James is saying here is this, this is patient when pain and suffering is unexplainable. Some of you are going through some unexplainable pain and suffering, and I am so, so sorry. I think some of you can really relate to the story of Job. We don't talk about Job too much because it's kind of a sad story. Except for the end. Right? Because I love what, what, what he says. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. The story of Job. If you don't know anything about it, by the way, it would be okay to go and read about it today. It'll take you a little bit. But Job lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost his friends. He lost his health. This was a why God moment. And the word for endurance that James uses here is a word that is hypomon or hypomony, which basically are two words, hypo under and money means to remain. And basically James was saying, you know, endurance really basically means to remain steadfast, 
under pressure and suffering. To remain steadfast under pressure and suffering. This is about being patient with God. When you are feeling like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Anybody here ever do that? Anybody here ever said, why me? Really? Is it just a couple of us? You guys are amazing believers. I feel a little unholy before you. <laughs> You may need a new pastor. I don't know. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Because I have said it many times. Two hands up. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Back to that. Uh, you know, look. I'm telling you. It's okay to say, why me? It's okay. Because the person that said, why me, Job, the first person that said that, was the one that God was boasting about. Have you considered my servant Job? And that's when the enemy said, oh yeah, that's only because you love him. Oh no. He will serve me no matter what. And that's when it all happened. I love what it says at the end of the story of Job. It says, and after Job had prayed, and after it was all over, for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. Is that amazing or what? This is what's on the other side of endurance. This is what's on the other side of patience. It's just this amazing experience with God. It's going on almost two years now with this crazy back and knee pain that I've had. And I've had lots of why me moments. But I also trust my Lord tremendously. And I trust this text in Isaiah, which says, But those who wait on the Lord, there's that patience again. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, I am so ready for this. And there are times, like, like when I first wake up in the morning, that just walk from my bed to the bathroom it's like I need WD-40. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Apparently, I don't drink enough olive oil. And it takes a few hours, quite honestly. I have to sit in a special chair, get, and then I'm okay. I can't wait. I've been waiting on the Lord, and I know the day is coming. And I will be not only running and walking, but I will be flying. I cannot wait for that day. I've been praying for my family many years now. Nobody in my family is a, is a believer. 
that some years ago, my brother Sal decided to get married late in his life. And he asked me to do the wedding. I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. I get to do this wedding. And I said, Sal, why, you know, you're a Catholic and, you know, Gina is Catholic. Why don't you ask the Catholic priest to marry you? And he said, because you're my brother and I know who you are. And I want a man of honor to, to, to marry us. I would have never expected that from my brother. And so we were there for the week, weekend, because my brother from Italy came. And, and then there was a, a friend of, of my brother uh, who, who came from Germany, his hunting buddy. His name was Wolf. Nice German name, right? Wolf. And it was the night before the wedding. And uh, all the guys were outside on the porch. And, of course, you know, I got to hang out with them. But I didn't like it too much because there was a lot of cigar smoke. That was the big thing. They were all smoking cigars, you know. And they're like, come on, try some cigar. No, I'm not. No, thanks. You know, they wanted me to smoke a cigar. No, I'm not going to do that. Nah, it's okay. You know, it's, it's surge. They know, you know. And then Wolf said, I got something. And he goes in the back and he comes out and he brings out this bottle of wine. And they all look at the bottle of wine and they read what's on. And I, apparently they knew. I didn't know. But they were like, whoa, that's what's it, you know. Some, like, really, really good German wine. And then he gives the year. And they're like, really? That's that? And he goes, yes, and I've saved it as a gift for you, Sal, for us to drink tonight. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so they open the bottle, you know, and he starts putting wine in the glasses and he puts wine and he's putting wine in mine and I'm thinking okay this is going to be really awkward I said just put a little bit that's all Sal goes really you'll have I just have a little I just have a taste I'm not you know me Sal it's like I'm so honored that you would face this I'm like no problem and I go to pick up the glass and he goes no 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 I'm like okay and then he says you got to let it breathe like this thing was alive and then Wolf starts talking about how it took years from the planting of the seeds into grapes, into the harvest, into the stomping, into the fermenting, into years. That's why it's such a good, good year that this was. You can't just drink this. It takes time. I got to be honest with you. Wine is always, even before I was a believer, has always given me a headache. But I took a sip of that wine. And it was delicious. And I got no headache. It's all I drank, don't worry. But I, I began to realize that patience matters. The things that matter take time.
And I pray, God, every day that he would increase the patience in my life. That we would all partake of this fruit and absorb the characteristic of patience. And the song that we will be singing in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. And so I yield to you into your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Amen? Would you stand with me as we sing this song together as our worship theme leads us? Thank you. 
going to have prayer. But after the prayer, children, come on up with your little bags on open so that you can switch them for the bigger bag, right? Let's pray together. Father, in this world that's ever moving faster, this world that is constantly trying to groom us into instant gratification, I pray that you would uh, help us to cultivate patience. Help us, Lord, to really grab a hold of what it means to be patient. And may that patience pay off with big things in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be more patient with each other, more patient with your timing, more patient with you, Lord. Help us, oh Lord, as James puts it, Lord. And may your spirit guide us and bless us this day and forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless. Come on up, children. Have a beautiful Sabbath. <laughs>